the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. <laughs> and A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. Alright, alright. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. I apologize for the late start, but uh, we had some business to take care of before we got started. Mainly uh, AJ being late. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. As usual. Anyway, guys, uh, welcome to the show. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we're gonna, this week, we're gonna get into some week one reactions and slash, you know, over reactions, I suppose. And then we're going to get into obviously some injury news and then finish up with some DFS picks for us this week. Um, right now we've got the G men over the Washington football team, 10 to seven. Um, yeah, we'll get into this later, man. Like, I, I don't really know. Heineke's really not getting it done. Oh, yeah, of, of course. Yeah, Keith. Keith, uh, who is not our producer this week, we got uh, the guy replacing the the shortcomer, Keith. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, the guy filling in for Jeff for a week. Uh, Mike is filling in. We uh, we made fun of Keith hardcore last week about the G man, and uh, it, it's fine. Anyway, um, before we get rolling here, though, I want to remind everybody and, and ask you guys politely to uh, subscribe and follow and, and put in those reviews on YouTube, Periscope, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen we uh, and watch. We, we appreciate all your support and uh, you know we appreciate those those follows and subscribes as well. So um, this week we do not have a guest AJ. So it is just you and me. That's a, that's that's usually that's usually trouble. Um, that's bad. We, bad. we usually uh, tone it down when we have a guest. So that's going to be bad. But anyway, uh, let's let's jump right into things. What do you think? And do yeah, our beer of the week. Mm, beer. All right. Picked up some new stuff because uh, as I sent you the picture before last Sunday's game, my beer was my fridge was empty. It's a funny looking can. It's like a devil's like a alien face or something. I don't know. It's kind of weird looking, uh, but it's Commonwealth <laughs> Syndicate. It's a double dry hop, double IPA, though. It's good, man. It's got cryo mosaic, uh, styrian cardinal hops, which I've never heard of in my life, and grungiest. <laughs> Another one I've never heard of. But it was solid, man. I do like it. I gave it a four and a quarter. Uh, it is 8.7. So uh, I like this one, man. Uh, what do you got? All right. Well, grungiest will be a good, good segue <laughs> as well. Um but uh, I am uh, finally cracking open my crawler here that my beautiful nice. wife Heather got for me. Uh, Some crabs on there? Back. Or is that a spider? It is a crab with uh, okay. a screwdriver and a hammer. Um, oh. I guess he's saying, screw you. You're not going to hit me with your mallet. Um, it's from Elk River Brewing Company, a local brewery up here in the, the Cecil County. Uh, and it is called Dunright IPA. Uh, it's uh, hoppy aroma and bitterness that IPA ver uh, IPA lovers look for. Uh, it's hopped with heavy doses of Columbus, Summit, Cascade, and Centennial hops. 
and then dry hopped with citra and amarillo. Jeez, that's a lot, man. It's pretty effing good. Uh, yeah, I bet. Um, I, I would drink it right out of the crowd. Oh, oh god. Oh, oh, oh. Ah, there it goes. Yep, that's happening. Uh, I do have a glass though, so it's all good, man. I I, anyway. I have no shame drinking out of, right out of the crowd. Why not? Do it. No, no. There's 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 never any need for any shame. So. Speaking of done right, I felt like this was quite a fitting, fitting title of a beer, because there's plenty of things in your life that you need to have done right, and one of them is shaving your particulars. If you don't have that done right, it's it's gonna be a bad day. Uh, you're gonna have a bad time, and uh, so might your lady friend, um, or male friend, whoever. We're we're a uh, a friendly show. Anyway, um, so tonight's Fantasy Six Pack Hour broadcast is brought to you by the support of Manscaped. We have a uh, new trial run with the company, and we are lucky enough to be trying out their Lawnmower 4.0. That's right. You heard that correctly. They have upped their game yet again and come out with the lawnmower 4.0. So along with us, you should be joining over 200, or sorry, 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Uh, we have an exclusive offer because of this uh, nice little perk that we're getting from them with some of our free swag uh, along with this shirt. Um, you obviously get the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer and I'll go into that in a minute. But we have a Hell code. Yeah, <laughs> we have a code for you guys to use F6P20. That is the letter F, the number six, the letter P, and the numbers two zero. With this code, you are going to get twenty percent off of your purchase and free shipping. Again, the code, as you can see, F6P20 at Manscaped.com. Know it use it love it like we do now let me get into this thing so the manscaped lawnmower 4.0 obviously it's a great name because you know if you're into 70s movies we'll say uh there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of hair going on down there so hopefully things have changed a little bit since then um but some people are may still be into that not sure but if you are this new 4.0 product comes with multiple attachments for up to four different levels of trimming action on your downstairs area. So that is awesome because, you know, you can't just go straight into it and just cut everything right off. You're going to have a bad time with that, too. Maybe <laughs> not necessarily with this that would that would not be precision great. engineered. Highly tool. suggest use the uh, use the guards, guys. But yes, just just for the sake of uh, safety, I would uh, I would go with with the adapters to to start and then work your way down. You know, guard lengths one to four, starting at four. So the next really sweet thing with this is that you've got a little light source coming in. Because, you know, if you got a, a bush full of hair down there, you're going to need some light to see your way through digging it out. And 
they've come up with that. They've got the light on here. It is phenomenal. And it's also nice for somewhat dark bathrooms. Maybe you need to change the bulbs in your bathroom. Maybe you have a separate toilet area from the rest of your bathroom. I don't know. I'm, I haven't been to your house, so I'm not sure. Um, there is plenty of other things that come with this set. There's a wireless charging system. Okay. That is the rage for cell phones. Well, guess what? Now it's the rage for your ball trimmer. All right. So that's sweet. You get a nice toilet trees bag. To that thing's sweet, man. It's all leather, all dude. Your swag. That thing's it pretty nice. Very nice. Very high quality leather. And I think almost my favorite thing here <laughs> is the newspaper itself. Uh, no, this is not for you to read while you're dropping a deuce, although you probably could. There's some good reading material on there. I'm not going to lie, is, man. I, I got a good laugh out of some of that stuff. Oh, yeah, It's definitely <laughs> definitely nice here. The Manscaped Daily News. Uh, we save balls. Um, so that they do. But the point of the newspaper is merely to just spread around on your floor so it catches all your little trimmings. That way your wife can't deal with that and uh you know you don't have to listen to that so again plenty of good stuff here just uh just wanted to to open the doors here but we'll be talking more about this stuff over the next couple weeks as well and some of the other products that we got through this uh this ad campaign so again the code is f6p20 at manscaped.com 20 percent off of your all your purchases and free shipping go out get this thing it is awesome and your balls will thank you yeah definitely guys uh definitely also recommend the product big time aj talked way more than i thought he would but uh that's what i did definitely worth it uh everything the promo codes in the ticker it'll be in the comments of everything that we're posting so uh you know, go ahead and, and, and click on click on those links and, and go ahead and buy the your products. It, it's definitely worth it. So uh, anyway, let's move on, shall we? Um, into some week one reactions and overreactions, possibly. Um, first off, all right, AJ, we got some shocking news on Sunday morning. Uh, two inactives, Zach Moss and Trey Sermon. I mean, who was the bigger surprise there and why for you? I mean, I guess for me, I would say Sermon because I left him in my lineup and lost my matchup. Um, <laughs> that would do it. That's what I get. Um, but I, I think it's got to be Zach Moss. Uh, you know, this was mostly his backfield coming into the preseason, um, you know, from at least what I felt and you know, what a lot of other fantasy experts and analysts were, were looking at. Um, it, it didn't really turn out that way, though. And the fact that he's a healthy scratch in week one um, kind of even gives a bigger vote of confidence to uh, his, his running mate in Singletary. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just I don't know what to make of this. Uh, it, it's worrisome because this is a high-powered offense, obviously a pass-first offense. Yes. But, um, you know, Moss kind of came into his own a little bit more towards the end of last season, like a lot of the rookies did. So I think that was a bigger bigger kick. 
the yeah i i was i was very very surprised at that one uh, more so than sermon although they were both like really up there because you know, everybody was like high up on sermon possibly taking over from for most dirt and of course granted you know we're <laughs> A lot of people were putting Sermon ahead of Mostert in rankings for the start of the season because you expect Mostert to get hurt, which, oh, guess what happened? Um, yeah. We'll get into that a little later. But, uh, yeah, Zach Moss was getting a lot of hype in camp. Like, he was the better back. Like, he was like, you know, he was getting more reps. And then, boom, Singletary gets a start and, like, goes off for 70-something yards. It was like, what the hell? Um, yeah. So, I, I don't really know what to expect with Moss at this point. I think I'm still holding him, honestly. Um, you know, unless you're in a shallow league and – you know, there's obviously somebody better out there uh, who just scored. J.D. McKissick just scored for Washington. So Washington's <laughs> about to go up 14 to 10. Um, it's like what Take is that, first Richard. pass of the season. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, Trey Sermon, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll get into this a little later. But Trey Sermon, I think, is going to have a, a much larger role going going on forward but again it's San Fran so who the hell knows what's going to happen there with with the 49ers backfield I know everybody really wants to jump on the um the Elijah Mitchell train and and for good reason he dominated but I this backfield seems to rotate every single week they've still got James Hasty. um they're gonna get Wilson back in a few weeks once he comes off the IR. So, and Sermon will be in the mix eventually. So, who knows what's going to happen there? Um, I saw people blow, blowing like 90%, if not more, of their fab on Mitchell this weekend. And I was just, or this week, and I was like, no, you have fun with that one. Like, that seems very unlikely to hit for that amount of value. I put in like 35%. And even I was like nervous about spending that much on him because it's the 49ers and you know, our good friend, Jeff Lambert is in our crab cake league and does the, uh, the last call podcast with me. You know, he came on, it was, you know, he, it's always his kind of shtick is like, and I don't even know if it's a shtick. It's like, it's for real. It happens every year. It feels like now go after the lowest paid, the, the lowest valued player. And this year it was Mitchell. And I said it. And our and our producer tonight, Mike Laplante, and and Dylan and I do did a uh, did a show on Sunday morning. You know, start sit stuff, and you know, going over injuries and things like that. And and as soon as Sermon got called out, everybody was like, "Oh, well, it's got to be Mostert." And I was like, "Yeah, you watch, Mostert's gonna get hurt, and that's gonna be Elijah Mitchell." And we all laughed, but like that it happened. <laughs> it was just like, "Oh Jesus, okay, whatever." Um, <laughs> podcast commentary it was so funny man it was like holy crap did that really happen uh, anyway uh the the other note i have here which is not an inactive but it's brandon Ayuk. um kind of a weird situation like you know no nothing really was being said about him before the game started he only played 26 snaps zero targets i mean destroyed people who played him um Right after the game, there were reports saying that, you know, he's still learning to be a pro. And so that was like red alert, right, right away. And then now it's starting, you know, more recent. Shanahan might be like going like, guys, we can't say that. But even if it might be true, but maybe Shanahan's coming back and, or maybe telling the truth. Who knows? Saying that, you know, it was just due to a hamstring injury. And so he's just kind of like working his way back. And so he was more of a decoy. I don't know. What do you think with Ayuk? I mean, are we still talking about the 49ers here? Jesus. Yes, we um, are. 
because they're going <laughs> to. The offense know, is legit, bro. It is. Debo, by the way, 189. Debo had a huge game. Huge game. Um, I, I mean, I, I find this a little interesting and surprising about this. He still needs to learn how to be a pro. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what to read into that one, dude, honestly. He came out and carried this team last year, you know, from the receiving side. And I felt like he was pretty pro like doing that. Um, you know, I, and because of all the injuries and everything he had to face, I, I don't know what more you need to do to learn how to be a pro than do that. But I, I'm guessing that this is maybe some character stuff, some immaturity, you know, that, that sort of uh, realm of issues, I guess. I, I don't even know what else to call it. Um, but if if it's now coming out that he's got hamstring injury, then that makes a little more sense. Um, yeah, that does. I, it totally does. I don't does, know so. why you would just throw the guy under the bus completely and make it sound like some sort of you know personal character thing, and then be like, oh yeah, no, never mind. He, he's fine. His character's great, but uh, his hammy's injured. Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird one, but it's still just. There's a lot of back and forth there, so I just thought it was something to to mention. Yeah. Next one, man. Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. Um. This was this. I got decimated in our fantasy six pack league because guess who's my starting quarterback? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and guess who my running back is? Aaron Jones. Yeah. So they got me nothing, like four and a half points total between the two of them, and I lost like 70 to 120. I mean, I don't know if it would have mattered, but like you expect a big game out of Rodgers and a big game out of Jones. Like You expect like at least 40 points out of two of them. It should have been at least close. <laughs> I got blown out. Yeah. Uh, Especially biggest that. blowout of his career, 15 for 28, 133 yards and two interceptions, and he got benched for love. So, yikes! I, I, I mean, I, New Orleans I, just put it to him. Love and my Scott Fish. I don't know, man. I like, don't know. I, I mean, so all right. So there's a lot. So there's a lot of reaction to this on Twitter, and a lot of a lot of commentary. Is this something that like you're? Yeah, there's there's a lot of people that are going like. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if like he came back to stick it to the Packers and he's just doing this on purpose? Like, is there any thought through your mind that that's actually happening, or is this just like yeah. this was just a bad there game? Was um, I, I mean that was a very fleeting thought for me, but you know it was more. All right, it, the off season was just such. A shit show with this whole Rogers, Green Bay, you know, marriage separation, divorce, remarriage, renewal of vows, separation again, I, whatever. Um, but he came back. Everybody got back on board with it. it. Sounded like he wanted to put all the shit to bed because he got his way. Um, you know, kind of had a, a bit of a tantrum, if you will. But I mean, deservedly so. The guy's a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's he's played his ass off for this team. 
and they've just kind of crapped on him in return, you know, uh, more times than not, put it that way. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't... I don't want to say it surprises me to see this, you know, poor performance. I didn't expect it, um, but it, it's not a surprise because I can see that side of it where he's just going to be like, eh, you know, whatever. And that's kind of what he was in the, in the post game. Uh, so, yeah, he... <laughs> you know, he's out there spelling, you know, Frankie says relax again. And uh, it's it's like, dude, there's 16 more games. And he's right. There's 16 more games. You know what? They could go 16 and one and no one's going to even give a shit. No, no, they wouldn't. Yeah, this isn't something I'm super worried about. I mean, and again, I think, you know, they're going to they're going to get to try this. I think it's Monday, right? Yeah, like it's this should be an absolute like Rogers is going to come back and just be like, oh, wait, not only is it, you know, I need to bounce back. It's a division game. Yeah, this is going to get nasty, guys. Sorry, I'm going to score six touchdowns to make up for last week. And uh, I hope he does. Anyway, moving on here to the other side of that game. Jameis Winston. Um, who Who's this guy that showed up for this game in? Five touchdowns and only 20 attempts? What? This guy usually throws an extra, like, 20 passes and throws for an extra five interceptions at the same time. Um, I mean, is this not that I think we're going to get this efficient of a James Winston all year long? That would be insane. Um, However, Um, is this a different James Winston under Peyton? Peyton as in the coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would have to say so because he didn't throw five interceptions with his five touchdowns. Um I I don't I don't know though. It, it it's very hard to to know what to make of this one in my mind. Um I think that it's a great showing, but the Packers as we said looked like a rolled over all you do. <laughs> Um, and you know, if you're, if you have a guy that's out there throwing a touchdown every four pass attempts, that's hard to beat, man. That's, that's that was crazy. I don't care who you are. It was like 170 yards at best. I forget. I didn't write down the yards for some reason, but it wasn't much, man. It was just like, it's super crazy, crazy efficient. Um, yeah. hard, hard to, hard to match that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's again, it's one week. Um, I, I I need to see more out of him to be able to say that he's definitely different. Uh, it was a great first um, first impression, if you will, um, and you know it makes Taysom Hill looks like uh, a, just a tight end again. Um, Although, hey, I'll say this, though. Everybody who blew their load on Marquez on, on, uh, Callaway, yikes, did literally nothing. I mean, I get there weren't a lot of pass attempts, but he didn't get one of the five touchdowns? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. That was uh, that was crazy. Yeah, um, the fact that uh, Juwan Johnson, my $12 spend, did. Uh, caught two touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was pretty sweet. I don't think I played yeah. him, but. Uh, yeah, who who would uh, dude? Nobody I would know, have. Really did. It's like all right. Well, yeah, not not very many did. Um, well, 
Excuse me. Excuse me. All right. Well, let's uh, let's flip the script here a bit. Take over some of these questions for you, and we'll talk about another uh, NFC South team, and that is the Falcons. Now, this was the offense without Julio down by the schoolyard Jones. All right. I mean, Ryan was 21 of 35. Probably have seen that before for 164 yards. Mm. I I think we've seen that before, too. Uh, Sacked three times. Mike Davis was ineffective. Ridley couldn't do much. I I mean, there's just... (sighs) There was nothing there. I mean, yeah. And the, the Eagles, wow. I mean, okay, thanks. Yeah. Surprised the hell out of me and the entire city, I feel like. Um, but I'm glad they won, <laughs> obviously. Um, it was uh, it was not a good game for Atlanta. I mean, what, what do you make of this? What do you think is the deal? Is this because Julio's not there, or was it just the Eagles were the better team? I, a little bit of both. I, I think, um, honestly, I think the Eagles were the better team. I did pick them to win. Um, I mean, but I, I still, I still, I still think, I still think, honestly, like, I don't know if this was as much on Matt Ryan and without Julio because we've seen them perform well without, but like, they have whatever happened with that front line of atlanta was atrocious matt ryan every time that red zone or you know the game i had on the side would take over to the atlanta game matt ryan was just running for his life and he couldn't get it was like hike oh crap and just run he can't run so it's just like okay (laughs) that's not his game um I mean, he was, he was, so it's tough, man. I think he's going to have much better days, but this is a worry. I'm not going to lie. This is a worry for me. Um, and I, and I hope there's better days to come. There will be, this won't be the worst ever. Um, but it, you know, it's that, that is definitely a worry moving forward for me. It's the Falcons offense. And, and maybe we shouldn't have put Calvin really as high as we did. And and maybe Pitts won't be as good as we all thought. So like, he got a lot of targets, and that's awesome. But like, if Matt Ryan can't accurately throw the ball to him because he's running and trying to throw at the same time, which he's not super awesome at, yeah, well, that's all I got. He all right. So Kyle Pitts had twice as many targets as last year's Tony Gonzalez, uh, Hayden Hurst, but Hayden Hurst caught all four of his targets, and Kyle Pitts caught four of his eight targets and they were basically the same yardage 31 for Pitts, 28 for for hers I, I mean it's not some of those passes man i saw some of them like they they weren't catchable yeah yeah like it wasn't it wasn't his fault it so wasn't all on Pitts, it, it, but it's just i mean if he's it's troubling be, it's, it's troubling to watch so ho- yeah. hopefully it, it'll it'll work itself out but i'm not i'm not super high on this offense going you know not as not as high on this offense as I was, yeah. uh, but you know, because I guess the the one thing you hoped was like they would be in shootouts, which they were. But like e- either the Eagles' defense is way better than we've thought it was gonna be, so maybe there's something to that. Like that, look, that happens year in and year out. We have defenses that just rise to the 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 rise to the top. That you know, 
but like I did not expect the Eagles to be one of them. Or the Falcons' offensive line is just going to be that bad to where uh, Ryan's going to be under fire every single snap, and he's just going to be awful, and there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. So time will tell, but I think there are better days ahead, but I'm still worried. When, when you're in a game where J.J. Ortega-Whiteside gets a tackle – um then apparently their their defense and special teams is doing something right um so Yikes. keep it up i'm i'm okay with that yeah but let's, of course uh, you are <laughs> let's, let's keep moving here with uh the team that has julio now and that is the titans offense um they really didn't do jack squat with julio so i i don't know what was going on i mean this is not an efficient offense in week one it's not what we're used to seeing with them over the past couple years, really. Tannehill, 21 of 25 for, for 212, uh, a touchdown and an interception, sacked six times. I'm surprised he doesn't have an ACL tear just from being knocked on his ass so many times. Um, Derrick Henry didn't get anything going on the ground, 17 nope. for 58. Um, Julio caught three of his targets. Um, and he dropped a touchdown. I mean, probably because he didn't realize that he was going to get a ball in the red zone. <laughs> yeah, so it's I like, said the same thing would happen. Apparently, apparently, like the announcers were like, "Oh, it like surprised him." Like, yeah, no shit. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I guess that would be surprising. It's but yeah, he he dropped some he dropped some passes. But like this was another oh, surprising game. Like, it's just another. Did drop that one against the Eagles in the uh, yeah. playoffs. Uh, look, this was another big, like, huge surprising game. Like, nobody doubted the Arizona offense, right? So, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> um, are we surprised that Arizona put up thirty-eight? That might be a little high than you know, higher than what we expected. But against you the know, Titans. yeah, the Titans have a solid D. Um. So, yeah, 38 might be a little high, but we expected points. But we expected way more points on Tennessee side. Um, but they just couldn't get it going. Their, uh, their their front line was pressuring Tannehill and, like, just stuffing Henry. He had a, he had a long of 19. Other than that, like, he did nothing. Um, and so they were, they, were, they were pressuring Tannehill all day. And so that efficiency that Tannehill gets off of the, off the running game wasn't there. And so that's why we see 21 for 35, you know, yeah. only 212. We saw a touchdown. We saw an interception. And, and the touchdown came late to A.J. Brown, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, it's just one of those, like, <sighs> I'm just going to chalk it up to a bad game. They're going to figure this out. They're not going to play. You know, they're, they're going to get their 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 offensive line figured out. So I'm, I'm not overly concerned with the Titans, a lot less so than I am Atlanta. Yeah. So. I I mean, it was it was a week full of just upsets, like games that you. Didn't yeah, dude, it was it was, and that's what happens. They, they did, um, you know, the Steelers blowing out the Bills. Well, not really blowing them out, but beating them on the road. Yeah, uh, you know, the Vikings being down that entire game for the most part until the very end to the Bengals. Um, I mean, we talked about the Bengals' offense being pretty high powered with with some of who they had but you know that one was surprising um another one here yeah. the lines backfield i mean that was Ooh basically boy. a split um mm. but both played pretty well 
Uh, and against San Fran, of all teams, who people thought had a good D. And I, I mean, maybe not. Well, I mean, it was all garbage time, to be honest. But, yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, that was that, that was the highest scoring. I'll say this. This was another, like, interesting one. And I didn't put it on the, the earlier notes as one of those, like, interesting notes, you know, with Ayuk. But, like, right before the games came out, it or right before the game started, a note came out that said, Swift isn't going to start, and he won't, you know, Jamal Williams is going to get the, the bulk of the carries and the bulk of the work. Well, it turns out they basically went 50-50. Um, yeah. I think Williams got nine carries to 11. Nine carries to 11, and then they both caught not 11, eight, or sorry, they both caught eight, but Swift got 11 to nine again. So it's like... I, and I don't know the snap count split. I don't have that in front of me. But so it's very even. And if anything, the workload favors Swift as far as like targets and touches. The the thing here is like I don't know how much of this is, is sustainable. Like so, Williams got the rushing touchdown. Swift got the receiving touchdown. Let me tell you, by the way, the thing that really scares me about this entire Detroit offense is that it was all garbage time. You know who the leading receivers for Detroit were? Yeah, TJ Hawkinson, not a surprise. After that, Swift and Williams with eight targets each. By the way, or, tar- or receptions each, tying Hawkinson. Um, but that also, they were the second highest in targets. After that, it was Khalif Raymond, Amon Ron St. Brown, someone named Benson, Tyra Williams, Cephas, Fells, I don't even know who the last guy is. He got one target and didn't catch it, so it doesn't matter. But, yeah, by the way, the receivers are non-existent. Teams are going to just go, okay, fine, we got you. We're going to let those guys go. We're going to target all these guys. That's going to get ended real quick. And Detroit's not going to be up in many games, so the rushing stats just aren't going to be there for any of these guys. It's gonna ha- They're going to have to rely on all these receptions. And I don't know if you're going to get this many receptions out of out of these guys each week. It's a, it's a tough backfield if they're going to split 50-50. Um, it's why in best ball, honestly, I did not target Swift in any leagues, and then I didn't get him in any redraft leagues either. I actually targeted Jamal Williams because he was going like five rounds later than Swift, if not longer, farther than yeah. that in most. So I was just like, you know, if I'm going to take a chance on somebody, I'm taking a chance on Williams. The coaching staff came out many times saying they liked this guy as like a 1A, 1B. So why not? Why am I taking Swift up here? Even though I think he's the superior talent, the coaching staff clearly isn't using going to use him that way as we saw it week one and boom uh i it, it's just super hard to trust like i it, yeah it, i i it good luck in redraft leagues figuring out who who to start here with these guys yeah. it's it, they're all going to be flux guys at best in my opinion yeah so getting back into that minnesota game we've got uh kj osborne nine <laughs> yeah. nine times uh nine targets yeah, that's, dude. Uh, that's a lot. That's uh, that's that's a hefty hefty target load. And I guess we figured out who the receiver three is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's pretty easy there. I think it's easily Osborne at this point. Um, the only thing I'll say about this, and we can just move on to the next one, is 
I don't think you can really trust a wide receiver three in the Minnesota offense to really perform this way. Um, the, you know, Minnesota got down pretty early. Um, I don't actually no, no, I'm looking at it. They didn't, they weren't yeah, down. They, it was pretty, sorry. It was a pretty close quarter. game. Sorry. I, I apologize for they that. Down. I mean, they were down, but it, but it wasn't they like, they were chipping away at it. Yeah. But it was just one of those things where just like, um, I don't know. I mean, I just don't think you can trust. Like it's good. This offense is going to go through Thielen, Jefferson and cook nine times out of 10. Um, Osborne is going to be an afterthought in most, in most weeks. Look, a flyer pick, sure, if you've got, you know, somebody who got hurt. I picked him up in our league, in our fantasy six-pack league, just because I had two open roster spots, and he was sitting there, and I went, okay, fine, click. Like, who knows? Like, if Thielen or Jefferson go down, gold, right? So, you know, I'll take a chance. Like, take a stab at somebody like that, you know, if you got a deep roster spot and you got some junk to get rid of. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, like, Cousins isn't going to do this every week. You know, you 351 and two touchdowns. Uh, this is a running team. Although, you know, maybe the defense isn't what we thought it was, and maybe they're going to be more shoot us than we thought. So, who knows? It's still week one. It's it's. There's a lot of unknowns. Like, there are – look, if this was week nine and this happened and, like, you had had eight weeks in a row where he was nothing, we would be going, like, we wouldn't even talk about this. But week one, it gets, like, magnified. And that's where the overreaction, which is why we call this the reaction overreaction segment for week one comes into play. Because people are going like, oh, should, should I drop so-and-so for KJ Osborne? Totally. No. Like, do You're in my you league, know? yeah. <laughs> Please stop. KJ Osborne is not going to be a thing every week. Like, this isn't just – it's an outlier, guys. It just happened to happen week one. And so his stats get magnified, and so do the stats of your dud of, like, Corlin Sutton, right? You know, who did nothing, which is unfortunate. So, look, you drafted Cortland Sutton to be a guy. Stick with him. He's going to be a guy, I promise you. Um, KJ, KJ Osborne is not going to be, in, in most likely. Like, look, I'll be wrong here and there, but I don't think he's going to be. So. Yeah, I mean, Thielen still led with 10 targets. Jefferson had nine. The same number as Osborne. Osborne. Um, and Cook Jefferson has seven. Five of his. Well, yeah, Cousins Cook, is about 49 times. He barely, he never, he almost never does that. No. I mean, 351 yards. When was the last time Kirk Cousins saw above 250 yards? Yeah, it feels like a while, but I bet you I he's mean, done it more than we think. But yeah, it's still just kind of like, yeah. it's he's, still just one of those like, yeah, all right. <laughs> um. You know, Jefferson even went one for one with 11 yards. So Jefferson uh, did not have a good game. He was being he was being bracketed, dude. Yeah. Surprised he even caught five for 71, to be honest. Every time they showed it was just kind of like, damn, they're really they're really targeting him. And then Thielen just kept getting open. They were like, well, yeah, you guys can't forget about Thielen. (laughs) Nope, you can't. So. All right, next. Oh, yeah, uh, by the way, uh, Cousins threw for over 350 one time last year. Guess which week it was? The week he played the Bengals? Week one against Detroit. (laughs) That's funny. That's actually kind of funny. Um, I'm sick of everybody calling us a run first offense. Maybe maybe there's there's something to it. You like that? You like that? 
they want to drive through people want wrong week one, and then they go back to their normal like, stuff. So yeah, like, See, yeah. For the ball, dicks. You can. You just yeah. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, let me let me let me break this one down for you real quick. Houston backfield, man. Um, look, we, a lot of question marks coming into this one. A lot of people really liked uh, Philip Lindsay as I was a big advocate of his yeah. i thought he was yeah. look you're talking about david johnson old man at this point like he, at least he runs like uh, one mark ingram definitely an old man looked like total trash last year in the baltimore heavy run offense that should have given him open space right then you bring in phil Lindsay, pretty young did well in denver again you know behind a crappy offensive line so everyone was all phil Lindsay, right um so what had happened was Mike Ingram gets 26 carries, Philip Lindsay gets eight, and David Johnson gets three. What the hell happened? And are you are yeah. you riding Mark Ingram? Okay, now do some more digging. When was the last time Mark Ingram saw? Yeah, yeah, oh it, no, oh yeah. I'm not. I'm not doing Alabama. that digging. I'm not doing that digging. It's gonna. It's gonna take a few years. Anyway, um, I mean it's. But but seriously, like, what do you what are you thinking here with this backfield? Like, are you buying in on Mark Ingram as being a viable player that you want to roster and and somebody that you even remotely trust uh, starting or or what? I mean, I did pick him up somewhere. I did pick him up too, because I, I had a couple hurt players. But, yeah, you drive Lindsay. Okay, so that's an interesting one. Yeah. You drive Lindsay. See, I didn't. I did, I actually have both on the same team. Not a picture of Ingram because I was like, I'm just gonna let this figure itself out because <laughs> I'm dead. It, I I lost yeah, Gus and I somebody needed, else in that league too. So I was dead. I needed a sp- yeah. So did I, and I was like, uh, great. I don't have anything, so that's probably gonna come back to haunt me. But I mean, again, you mentioned it. Ingram is coming from the run happy Baltimore offense where he was successful um, up until about last year wheels kind of fell off and he did not really do too much but maybe that preserved him to all out in houston i i don't i don't i don't even think that that's a a real thing i don't know why i even just said that um but that's what it was i mean he crushed the carries you know tyrod had a good game houston had a good game and that entire division is now making us look all stupid because Houston is the one with the win and not no, anyone else. Yeah, yeah but I'm not worried about that, though. Again, it's week one. Week one, guys. Yeah, relax. relax. <laughs> Let's not R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> so we skipped the uh, the Denver one here. We kind of already talked about Sutton. Oh, my bad. I totally man. did. But now Judy is out on the IR. So we've got KJ Hamler. We've got uh, Tim Patrick, who balled out last year when called upon. And we have Sutton, who's still healthy. What are we doing with this? Are we? Who do you like out of these three? All right. So number one, I love Sutton. I still love him coming in. Yeah, you got to get some rust off in week one, maybe week two. Um, but I think, you know, I think he will eventually come around while Judy is out. Judy was balling out, dude. That pissed me off. Because I, I started buying into him big time, man. Um, by the way, Mike, Mike LaPlante 
uh, producer here just, just called you out. Week three of 2018, Ingram, 25 for 144. Yeah, so a long time ago. Anyway, um, so I, I think Sutton will ultimately be the guy to step up, you know, all besides Fant. Um, honestly, I know a lot of people like Hamler, and, you know, he was sort of the – him and Patrick sort of split the the work when Judy went out, but I still like Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick, every time there's an injury, just seems to be reliable. He's catching touchdowns. He just knows how to get open and and you know run these routes. So he just there's just something about him. Like I really kind of wish he would leave Denver and go to a team who needs like a solid wide receiver too. Just be a guy, right? Does somebody that the quarterback can trust, like have a stud over wide receiver one, and then Tim Patrick just be the guy over time. Like, I don't know, or just be a number three, like the slack guy, like something. Tim Patrick needs to get out of Denver where there's not 10 receivers all trying to play for three spots that they have a terrible passing offense. Like, go somewhere else. Tim Patrick is great, in my opinion. He is. Um, so, he's, he's I, 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 I like it. Um, I think he's going to be the the one to trust. Hamler, I think, is more of the downfield threat because I think people are just going to key in on Sutton now. I, I think Hamler's yeah. got the bigger upside, but Patrick's safer, and he's in oh, my yeah, opinion yeah. more proven, man. Like oh, that's what I'm saying. Hamler, I mean, Hamler's a talent, man. From Penn State, he was awesome. Yeah. Um, and and he's gonna you know, be, he's going to Patrick's be just he always seems to get it done in best ball. Yeah. Because he's going to have these big weeks. But, you know, Sutton, I I really hope that this opens the door for him to get some more uh, more of a relationship. Just with get back into it. Teddy. And he's so just, good. He, you cannot leave this guy out. I mean, nah. you just he got like what? It was like three targets. He caught one. It was bad. Even after Judy went out, like they just didn't target him, and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like he had a bad, I mean, he had a bad injury last oh, year. So, all right, just throw the yeah. ball this way. He's fine. Um, but let's dip back in real quick to uh, to that that Ingram stat and and uh, <laughs> called out. So week three, I wasn't really calling you out. I was just making fun of you. Season Ingram had twenty five carries, but the question was, when was the last time he had twenty six or more carries? So nice try, Mike LaPlante. Um, of course, I forgive you because I still am <laughs> here. Mike LaPlante, jump in and two, rip him, dude. Touche. Ah. Touche. I'll give you that one. All I'm just right, glad right. you forgive me. That's a good all stat right. line, though. I like it. 25 for 144 and two touchdowns. It's a pretty good day. <laughs> all right. So, AJ, we're going to rapid fire this last two because we are running a little long. So, Josh Allen. Did not look like Josh Allen from last year. In fact, he looked more like Josh Allen from 2019, unfortunately. 30 for 51. There with the efficiency that we saw last season. Uh, 270. Threw for touch. Ran for 44. So, there you go. At least there's that, right? Um, Is it the Pittsburgh defense that gave him fits? Or are we even remotely worried that Josh Allen's going to regress to back to... His old self this season. I mean, rapid fire wise, I think we already touched on this that he wasn't going to have the season that he had last year again no. this season. That was like the pinnacle season for him. So the regression. No, but are you gonna... expecting the regression to like this? Because this is going to be I bad. I don't think it's going to be this bad. 
No. I sure hope not. Um, I yeah, I I own them. I think in maybe a couple best ball leagues. I have them in yeah, I have them in a few places. Um, none of my main leagues. I I ended up getting them. I don't believe so. I don't think he's going to be this bad. And the Steelers again, they were Solid. one of those upset teams that kind of came in on the road, and the Bills were coming off of you know their their playoff appearance and. Well, and Allen's, you know, crazy good season. I mean, you know what I've noticed. You know what I've noticed in and in week one. Not terrible. I mean, no. But the efficiency, the thirty four fifty one. But they were down so big, man. You know what I noticed in week one? Think about how many offensive players didn't play in in the preseason for some of these like teams that were you know expecting big things, right? Yeah. Buffalo, Green Bay, and look how bad they looked against. And Grant, the defenses in a lot of teams didn't play either, but like, I would think that the like, look, look, not that I've played anywhere close to professional football or anything, but like, I have played in football leagues. Your offense needs to have, in my opinion, more timing work than a defense. A defense can react a little bit faster than an offense and a quarterback throwing to receivers who are new and in an offensive line is new. When I had new guys playing for me for, you know, leagues and teams that I played on, I, I needed work with them it, it, in game situations. It took a couple games to finally get ready with them. And I'm sure it's the same thing here. Like, even though these guys are pros and are being paid millions of dollars, like, and you saw it with Rodgers and Adams and everybody. Like, these guys have played for years together, but it's been months and they never saw game time together. So, like, Maybe that's catching up to some of these guys who didn't play in the preseason. And, you know, we're not going to see them really get into full stride until like maybe week three, week four. And that's going to be tough for people who pay top dollar for some of these guys. So maybe there's something to that. Uh, the I last thing. Is. Yeah. The last thing here. And, you know, we're, we're watching the game. What's your uh, what's your quick take here on uh, the Washington offense so far without fits? Uh, I mean, I I think it's it's starting to come around. So uh, I'm glad they scored glad twice. <laughs> scored twice. Um, so you know they're still winning right now. You got a, about just under eight minutes left in the third. They're up by. Uh, we're, we're at five forty, by the way. Oh, You're uh, right. way behind. Um, well, <laughs> that's that's ESPN. That's not me. I'm I'm, I'm on time. Uh, five nineteen. There they go. They just updated it. I was going to say ESPN. what? <laughs> Thanks for making me look. Stupid. Um, oh, well, I'm actually okay. Well, oh, you're watching the. I, uh, the, I just I, have the I, scoreboard. I get, uh, I get it. I get so, it. I get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, of all people, I am a huge Fitz fan. I talked him up a lot, so that makes sense that he would be injured. Um, I'm sorry, AJ, AJ Voodoo. I did not. I I never talked down about him. So, uh, you know, no, it, yeah, I get I you, mean, man. It's a bad injury. He's 38 years old. Um, so, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a rough road coming back. I think um, the biggest kick in the the sack here is the fact that you know we talked about his durability. It was more of a 
I'm getting benched because of such and such behind me or this rookie or this, uh, you know, other player or whatever, because I happen to throw, you know, one more interception than a touchdown in this game. Um, now he's finally not durable, uh, you know, right now. He's still been durable throughout his entire career. Now he's got a, a bad injury. Oh. Wow. What? What? We just had a short middle to Galladay. Had a Slayton, Slayton touchdown. Son of a bitch. Deep yep. pass, thirty-three to Slayton. Okay, all right. Leave it to Daniel Jones to not help anybody. Nah. Well, you heard that Rex Ryan, of all people, is done. I am done with Daniel Jones. Wow. Who is even paying attention to you anymore, Rex? Nobody. <laughs> You're on a craptastic station that nobody likes anymore because their fantasy site blows <laughs> and they haven't caught up with the times. Yeah, I'm talking to you, ASPN. Make me wow. look bad. Secondly, when was the last time you were coaching? Do you even know anything <laughs> about quarterbacks? You're a freaking defensive coach. S and D. Nobody has any kind of worry about who you're done with as a quarterback. All right. Well, we need to move on, man. But uh, I, but yeah, so me personally man, I for, uh, I think you're, you're going to come back stronger than ever. Uh, with a bigger beard and more of a chip on your shoulder. Um, but I, I think this is going to be, I think it'll be okay for Washington. They still have a great defense. They're going to rely on that. Apparently not a Dana Jones. throwing dimes okay, like that, you're man. Getting Danny dimes. Damn. Dropping little little dimes for once. Damn, um, that's pretty yeah. crazy. All right, man. Let's jump into this injury news and, and rip through this real quick. So obviously we got the Fitzpatrick news uh, out for six to eight weeks. Tinykin time, baby. Um, we'll see how much that that lasts. I think it's going to be a much more conservative offense, in my opinion. Uh, we talked about Mostert being out for the year. Um, chipped knee. He's getting surgery on it. Again, we don't know. Elijah Mitchell is going to be, I think, the lead back for at least a little while. But you know, we got Hasty, we got we got Wilson coming back eventually. I think they're going, to, you know, they're going to activate Sermon now because they have to. Uh, Barkley has been, you know, obviously he's playing, he's playing pretty well, but you know, he's been sort of on the back burner and being worked into things. So just, you know, that's going to continue to go forward. Uh, Rashad Penny for Seattle is doubtful with a calf. And then we got uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh, he hasn't practiced yesterday uh, due to a toe injury and uh, or sorry, toe and ankle injury. Uh, so keep an eye out for that one. You know he he did play Monday and but you know he he was struggling to to play through that game. So um, you know that's something to keep an eye out on. He's he's and to me he's a more of a desperation running back play in in your in your lineups than if you need him. So yeah, want to hit up the rest. Yeah, receivers, we got OBJ out again. He's probably filming a new commercial for Apple Watches or something stupid. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown is uh, did not practice today because of an ankle issue. Jamison Crowder is off of the COVID list, so look for him to be back in the lineup. Bad news for Elijah Moore, <laughs> who Jets. got one yeah. catch. Yeah, so he might get half a catch, sort of. <laughs> Uh, Tyrell oh, Williams um, still in the concussion protocol. Um, Coach Campbell's saying it doesn't look great 
Um, yeah. So in coach speak, that is he will probably play. Uh, <laughs> tight ends, uh, Ingram out again tonight. Shocker. Uh, Zach Ertz is hurts with a hamstring and is questionable. And Johnny Smith was limited in practice due to a hip injury defense. We don't have anything. So fire that Hunter Henry play uh, Detroit's defense this week. If you were remotely thinking about it, I wouldn't even do it in a DFS play, which is our next segment. Timestamp DraftKings. <laughs> Smash plays. Let's go. All right. So, all right. Yeah. So, we're going to jump into some DFS plays for this week and um, start off here with some quarterbacks and, and some smash plays. And what I mean by smash plays is like these are some of your higher priced players at their position. And, uh, but they're like, they're guys where you're just looking at it, you're just going like, yep, click and like figure out the rest, right? So, I'm starting off with Tom Brady. Uh, I'm skipping the top guys. I'm skipping the Mahomes. I'm skipping the Lamars. Like, they're just a little too high priced for me in, in those matchups. And maybe those guys will just, like, they can just go off. And I, and I totally get it. But like, Brady versus Lana at 6,900, which just seemed like kind of a value and a smash play at the same time. Like, what? Um, and Justin Herbert, because of the Cowboys defense, is 6,700. It's mind boggling to me. Like, you're kind of getting a value, and it's just an easy play. And if I can finish this one up, AJ, and you can go off the next sets. Uh, set of guys here you can stack these mofos because they're also values by the way chris godwin is 66 and keenan allen at 7000 and you're not crushing your salary cap here with these guys you can go get some high priced guys who i think one of the next ones is not the highest but he's still higher priced than the rest of these guys. And so I'll give you the next one, man. That's Papa Chubby. Uh, yep. Nick Chubb going against. Love this one. The one Love it. Houston Texans. Surprise team of the season. Um, $7,800. Okay. Not terrible. I mean, it, running backs, we've seen CMC going for nine plus. Uh, you know, Cook going for. Eight nine and a half plus. to nine plus. So why not? If you can get a Nick Chubb at 7,800 and then stack him with those quarterbacks or and or receivers that we just talked about. Yeah. Your lineup is, is already looking great because you have a very balanced salary as it is going in to, to just – dump money on whoever and not have to take some like $3,000 value, you know, dart throw in your flex spot. Yeah. And, um, and, and I know, look, Cleveland played well last, last week. Just remember all of their rush, all of their touchdowns were rushing touchdowns. Yep. Chubb's going to score again. Lock it down. That's going to happen again against Houston. Yeah. Uh, the other one we have here is Hopkins versus Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Just talk about how bad their defense was and why Minnesota had to pass a lot. So, yeah, I mean, you got there eight thousand for him. Okay, it's a, it's it's on the higher side, but again, Ten. all of these plays right there really are value. I mean, 
for who they are and uh, Hopkins they is expensive. He's I think he might well, be he's the not highest. a value, but no, no, yeah, he's not a value at all. Neither is Chubb, but like they're <laughs> that's why they're just, just the smash plays, dude. Yeah, they're they're guys that you're like, okay, fine, I'm doing this. I don't care what the cost is. So the fades yeah. we have. Yeah. All right. So I'll start the fades here and I'm starting with Calvin Ridley. And, you know, we talked about this with the Falcons offense and, and look, I, I am, I'm tentative. Like, look, if I've got Ridley in a, in a redraft league, I'm throwing him in there. I've got him in a dynasty league. I'm throwing him out there. Playing Tampa. I'm worried. I really am. And I know they got past, you know, I know, that game was a shootout last week, and, and they got you know they got ripped on against Dallas. But Dallas has a great offense. Um, opening game of the season, everybody was just trying to figure things out. So you know I I, I get it, uh, but I'm worried I, with Ridley against Tampa at the seventy five hundred dollar mark here. I need to see Matt Ryan not running for his life all game and making plays. Um, so you've got that front line of Tampa with. Sue. Oh, it's so nasty, Didia. dude. They're, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna destroy Matt JPP. Ryan this week. Uh, and then the backups, you got Nunez Roches. Uh, it's so know, bad, dude. It's, it's, it's so nasty. It's ugly, dude. Like, yeah. I don't. That line is so much better yeah. than the So Eagles. do you want me to give the other quarterback, or do you want to do the quarterback and, 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 uh, I'll, I will do the other quarterback. All right, so let let me let me give let me give another player first. Uh, I'm going Austin Eckler against Dallas. Like I love the matchup. My biggest issue here is I think he's still nur- nurturing that hamstring injury, and like he wasn't targeted in the passing game last week, and that's where he gets a, most of his value from. Um, so if he can't get going in that passing game, then you cannot use him at 7,300 on DraftKings. There's no way you need to get it. You need to see him get used in that passing game first before you spend that kind of money on him, in my opinion. So yeah, I'll let you have the next one, man. And you saw (laughs) what happened with, you know, uh, Rojo and Fournette in the passing game against Dallas. They just weren't good. So, not saying Eckler is at that level of mediocrity because yeah. he's not. Well, Rojo fumbled as, and as died and injured as he should. Ooh, nice he kick is. by Washington. So. Right, 20, 2017. Washington staying with it. All right. Anyway, All right. All let's right. give our next couple so, fades here and let's finish things off. Obviously, my dude, Jalen Hurts, putting the hurting on the ATL. Is going to do it again against San Fran? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> you sure? Because he's on my fade list, by the way. I know. That's why. Maybe. Do I look? Do I look like I'm illiterate? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. So. Uh, <laughs> Sixty-five hundred. Not a terrible it's price. It's not bad, but. I just, I know people, I know 400 more or 200 more and get Herbert or Brady. Right. That was my point. And I know people are going to go after Hurts because they had a great week one and he's got that rushing upside. And I just go, nah, San Fran ain't going to get run over like they did last week. I I just don't see it. That's why I put that in there. Yeah. I, 
I think that this one is going to be a little bit tougher for Hertz um, than than last week. Um, I agree that he needs to prove it again. You know, against uh, we're saying a real defense, even though they were not. Because here's the thing: it was his passing efficiency this past week that was like, whoa, like where'd that come from? Nobody Mm -hmm. expected that. Um, He didn't even go off on the legs like you would expect. Like you know, when you when he scores as many points as he did in fantasy, you expect like ninety to a hundred plus yards in rushing. He didn't do it. He didn't need to. Threw for three touchdowns. Like what? Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, you go, I, boy. I'll good. take it. I mean, I'm. I, that's fine. I'm all for him being. More and I paid. took him in the crab cake league, so I'm. I'm all for it, man. Keep keep doing it. Actually, yeah. I want you to run for 103 touchdowns instead. But yeah. uh, you know. All right, and then speaking of running, we got a fade on Joe Mixon here at Chicago. Oh, I didn't write that as price. My bad, dude. Uh, what's that? It's it, it's high. I didn't write that as price. My bad. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get it, it but it, it, it's a fade regardless because it's Joe Mixon at Chicago. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter what the price is; it could be three thousand. No, you're playing with three thousand stop. Uh, I just, I just don't know if I trust him getting the workload again um, because that game last week was kind he of twenty nine. By the way, he had twenty nine <laughs> rushes last week. No, that's not going to happen. There's too much. There's too much firepower in that receiving core for him to get that big of a work. Oh, he's seven thousand. Yeah, no, no. Yep. No. Hi. <laughs> yeah. So the value plays here. We already talked about Mitchell it's at Chicago too. Yeah. Yeah. No. The, yeah. the Bears off. Yeah, don't like there's him. there's too many guys below him that I, that I would rather take a chance on. Be uh, angry. So, so Elijah right. Mitchell five thousand. That's a pretty good value. I'll I take mean, it. Even with the even with the unknowns there, San Fran. That, that's a pretty good value. Yeah, I mean it, it's that's a that's a nice play because Philly has been susceptible to the run. Um, they weren't last week because they didn't need to be. And Atlanta wasn't running the ball because they were too far behind. Uh, this game, I feel like, will be a little bit closer. It's in Philly, so we'll see what happens. But I like I like Elijah at five grand. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. Van Jefferson at 3500 Okay. Yeah. All day long. I mean, look, these aren't these aren't like your the thing the thing with these value plays like you're not expecting them to like win you the weeks, but like these are the guys that like when you totally. when you need you know you're gonna need these three thousand ish players in your lineup at some point if you need to win because you're gonna you have to go after these Dalvin Cook and you know these types of players. You can't go after a bunch of guys that are worth five to six to seven thousand. You're gonna lose. You got to go to the top guys. Go get the studs. You're gonna need a couple punt slash value plays. Van Jefferson played phenomenal, and he's going against Indy, who, I mean, yeah, solid defense. But look, he was he was targeted, man. And Stafford is proving that he's looking his way. So they don't have a running game in 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 LA. So go for it. No. Um. I'll finish things up here real quick. Uh, Cam Akers is injured. 
Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, so I got Javante Williams, and, and I get it. Like this is another like sort of higher value play, but uh, forty four hundred Jacksonville. By the way, if you guys didn't catch it, um, Carlos Hyde, or no, sorry, Mark Ingram, Carlos Hyde, wrong team. Mark Ingram ran twenty six times against Jacksonville last week. Not twenty five. Uh, twenty six. Forty four and two touchdowns. 26 times. So, by the way, Javonta Williams and Mel Gordon are splitting the backfield. Mel Gordon is priced, I think, at least a thousand higher uh, than. Yeah, I think. Uh, what's what's he what's he priced? He is at 5900. By the way, like, I get it. He had a long run and a touchdown, but Javonta Williams actually ran more. Had more touches, so and he's priced fifteen hundred less. Uh, I guess a crappy Jacksonville defense. This team is going to probably just lean on the run, in my opinion, and so Williams could be a massive value here. And I will probably throw him in many of my lineups just for that exact reason. And then uh, Brian Edwards, I get it's Pittsburgh. I know it's tough, but um, look. Oakland, not Oakland, L.A., damn, wrong again, Vegas, because it's always LV, yeah, whatever, I, yeah, LV, they've been there, they've been all over the place, Um, yeah, A-OK, no, wait, nope, nope, that's a band, Um, yeah, so Vegas uh, just proved that they can do some damage against a really good defense in Baltimore, so I think they can do damage again in the air when they have to against Pittsburgh. And yes, Waller's going to get 3,500 targets again. Fantastic. <laughs> Maybe not an exaggeration. Uh, but Brian Edwards clearly became the number two target for Derek Carr, and he should have. And man, have we not, like, if this was back in like the 1990s and even the early 2000s, Brian Edwards would have had a game winning touchdown. And that, that stadium would have gone absolutely bonkers. Um, but, you know, instant replay, called him down like the half-yard line, and then they somehow botched it. And they ended up winning the game. Anyway, long story short, Brian Edwards is a great play at 3,700 despite a tough matchup. Uh, we need some salary savings later at, re- at receiver. And then the last one here I've got, KJ Hamler. Going back to the Jacksonville-Denver game. 3800 bucks, dude. Come on. This could be one of his weeks where he just blows up. And, you know, for $3,800, I love that value going in as a possible third receiver or maybe a flex play if you're trying to find, you know, somewhere to hide some dollars. Um, you could go big on two other receivers if you take the Hopkins at eight. You get another guy kind of in the middle, and then, dude, you're 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 gonna smash it on on the value play of Hamlet. I was gonna, you know, I, I when I thought about this game, I immediately looked at Tim Patrick. He's actually yeah. forty six, and I was like, Ooh. look, what's funny? Here's the thing, right? So we talked about, look, there's a, a lot of the fantasy community is going after KJ Hamler because of the upside and the and you know the. The electric play and, and and things like that, right? Like you, you get, I get it. Like he's got more upside than Patrick. 
Patrick is more expensive on DFS. So what does that tell you? Patrick's safer, yeah, in my opinion. So, but I get it. Like, it, it, and so that's why I threw KJ Hamler here because I think he's got massive upside. Um, and at thirty eight hundred, he's another guy like a little bit of salary savings here when you need it, and you know. Wide receiver wise, that's where you can save a lot of salary. Unless there's like a massive, you know, running back injury late, you know, that we've seen happen near, you know, week in and week out in, in DFS. And, uh, you know, we saw it last week with like Mitchell and stuff like that. So, like, but it is what it is. So, all right, man. I think that is all we've got for the show. Um, unless you got, you got anything else to add? No. Once again, check out uh, our, our sponsorship here with Manscaped. We'll be talking about them for the next couple of weeks here. Absolutely. And, uh, just promoting the product, man. It's, it's a great buzz, product. Buzz. Go, out, <laughs> yeah, go out and get it. Uh, lawnmower 4.0 package. Uh, fantasy code, again, is um, F6P20 at manscaped.com. Free shipping, 20% off. I mean, there's nothing to lose here except the hair on your balls and your wife will thank you. So, yeah. Um, while you guys are at it, uh, just remember, please subscribe to, to our channel on YouTube and uh, good luck this weekend. Hit us up on Twitter. We'll we'll be around again for that uh, for the Sunday Starship show. And um, good luck to you guys. See ya.